Support for KVLU is made possible in part by Visit Port Arthur, welcoming visitors from around the world to experience the Cajun capital of Texas. With plenty of Gulf seafood and the natural wonders of Sea Rim State Park and Sabine Lake, enjoy paddling, fishing, sailing, and world-class birding amidst two migratory flyways. More info at visitportarthurtx.com. From KVLU Public Radio in Belmont, Texas, this is Bayou Lands, the companion podcast where we're sharing some of our favorite conversations with a wide range of guests that we've interviewed for the KVLU radio docuseries exploring the people and places of Southeast Texas. I'm Shannon Harris. For this episode, we're sharing my conversation with Rachel Stiles, a fellow with the Center for History and Culture at Lamar University from the most recent radio broadcast of Bayou Lands. We spoke about the origins and resurrection of swamp pop music. We hope you enjoy. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you for joining us in the KVLU studios. So glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and you've actually been here before. You've been a guest on Behind the Music, so you're not a stranger to KVLU. Yeah, it's a lot of fun every time. Yeah. Okay, so tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm a graduate student at the Mary Morgan Ward Department of Music, and this should be my last semester. I'm a pianist, and so most of my focus has been in the classical world. What sparked your interest in swamp pop? That is a funny story. So I was in a graduate research course two years ago, and I was desperately looking for a topic that I felt was relevant and meaningful. And when digging around the library, I came across a book, the only book on Swamp Pop, and I took it home and was thumbing through the covers and realized that the the man on the cover was Gene Terry, the Elvis of Port Arthur, and it captured my imagination that we had a music that we could call our own that so few people have paid attention to or or studied at all. So that really set me down this path. So you had never heard of Swamp Pop before this? I had, but I didn't realize what it was, and I didn't understand that it had any part in Southeast Texas. I Mm. thought it was all a Louisiana music, and I think that's a common misconception. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of the development of Zydeco, and that that's really a Texas invention that comes from, you know, the la-la music of Louisiana. Yes, and it, it's so funny because it was really invented by people who worked in refineries in yeah. southeast Texas. So it's fascinating how our cultures have blended. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about it. If you would just lay out for our listeners a brief history of Swamp Pop. Sure. So Swamp Pop has a complicated history. It started when teenagers in southwest Louisiana and southeast Texas in the mid to late 1950s heard some sounds on the radio that really excited them. They were hearing things on KPAC and KTRM, their local radio stations, especially KTRM where the Big Bopper was the DJ for a while. They'd run home from school and listen to that, and then they would form bands and try to imitate those sounds. And at first, they were playing only the songs that they heard on the radio. A short time later, they started writing their own songs, and that's where we get our proto-swamp pop. 
At first, it was hard to tell what these kits were writing apart from what they were hearing on the radio, and slowly over time, some trends started to emerge that didn't anywhere else in the country. So, at first, this sound didn't have a name, and it was pretty ambiguous. People called it the South Louisiana sound, and one big characteristic was constant piano triplets, inspired by Fats Domino. Instead of the usual optimistic teenage song subject matter, these songs were what they called throw myself in the river and drown type of songs. (laughs) Melancholy. Melancholy. Unusually so for a teenage music. And these were young kids, under 20, when most of them achieved stardom. Some of the biggest ones in our area are Jive and Jean Bourgeois, Jean Terry, and Glenn Wells. Jive and Jean in the summer of 1959 had a number 69 hit on the Billboard chart. And Glenn Wells also made it into the top 100. And Gene Terry was, he never broke into the top 100, but he was a regional hit in 1959 and 1960. So this music faded away with the start of the Vietnam War and with the British invasion and with payola, just like everything else in the first wave of rock and roll, and it was sort of forgotten in the United States for a while. Jive and Gene and Gene Terry got what they called real jobs and started families and left the music industry behind, even though they had been rock stars. But ironically, since the British invasion is what kind of killed Swamp Pop and other rock and roll variants in the United States, People in the UK were still listening to these artists the entire time through the 1970s, and they were curious about these artists and where they came from and what they were up to. So the very first people to initiate a Swamp Pop revival were British music authors who had never stopped listening to it. Uh, Mike Ledbetter, Bill Miller, and John Broven were the ones, and they invented the term Swamp Pop. Hmm. So Swamp Pop carries with it, and their writings do this as well, it carries with it this air of exoticism. They focus in on the swamp-like sounds and magic of the swamps, and they're constantly using phrases like that. So swamp pop was kind of a, a way of them describing how special they thought this music was. And by the 1980s, these artists were once again performing. They hadn't performed for a while, and when they did, they came back at it with a new kind of self-awareness. In the 50s, they had anglicized their names. They were singing in English. They were using only instruments that you would expect in rock bands. Nothing special. They were fitting in with the mainstream as best they could. By the 1980s, when the Cajun cultural revival had started happening, a lot of them started changing things about that. They would occasionally write songs in French. They would sometimes add in accordions. They would add references in their music to swamps and piros and things that they thought were special about our area. So instead of just dying and then coming back, it was resurrected as something new. That's fascinating. I wanted to ask you, are you familiar with Cookie and the Cupcakes? Yes, I love (laughs) Cookie and the Cupcakes. All right, now would they classify as swamp pop or they're a little bit more R&B, right? They are Swamp Pop, and this you bring up a fascinating point, because most of the Swamp Pop artists that are in the so-called canon are white. Mm-hmm. But 
what they were doing frequently was covering black artists' songs. And so the split has been kind of artificial. And it's been ambiguous for a long time. Like, do we consider all of these black bands to be swamp pop in the same way as the white artists? And I would say musically, there is next to no difference. So I think the split, when people suggest that there is one, is artificial in the same way that the 1949 decision to lump all black music into one category, just rhythm and blues. That was artificial. They did that for industry categorization. But getting back to your point, Cookie and the Cupcakes is the golden example of Swamp Pop. Like Their song Matilda is a song that people will use to define the genre. Well, that's great. Is there anything else that you would like to mention about your research or uh, something that maybe you found that surprised you? Yes. So Swamp Pop, even though a lot of people in my generation might not know about it around here, it has little cult followings all across the globe, including in the Netherlands and Belgium and Germany, the UK. But also in Japan, there are a couple of Swamp Pop cover bands in Japan, and it's so funny to hear them singing songs like Little Bob and the Lollipops, I Got Loaded, or Breaking Up is Hard to Do, or uh, Cindy Lou, things like that. Um, they love it. They love that music. And they a lot of them love visiting Louisiana or Southeast Texas to hear their favorite artists. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I appreciate it. Thank you for speaking with us for Bayou Lands. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks to our guest for this episode, Rachel Stiles. You can hear an encore broadcast of the most recent radio episode of Bayou Lands on Sunday, November 26th at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time on 91.3 FM and online at kvlu.org. The episode features this conversation along with my visit with Swamp Pop icon, Jivan Jean Bourgeois, and much more. You can view exhibits about Swamp Pop music, including that of Jivan Jean Bourgeois, at the Museum of the Gulf Coast, located at 700 Proctor Street in Port Arthur, Texas. For more information, visit museumofthegulfcoast.org. Bayou Lands is produced in the studios of 91.3 KVLU in Belmont, Texas, by Shannon Harris and Jason M. Miller. Thanks to the HH and Edna Houseman Charitable Trust for making this program possible since 2016. Additional support is provided by the Jefferson County Tourism Commission. If you enjoy the conversation shared in Bayou Lands, please remember to subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. And join us on social media at 91.3 KVLU Public Radio on Facebook and Bayou Lands on Instagram. Thanks for listening.